Hey, this is Cole Vallis, Tommy Elliott, and Hush from the Fox TV show Gotham, and you're listening to Superhouse. Everything you need to know, Batman. You don't need to wear the headphones, but all right. <laughs> Batman. You don't know what I'm listening to here. That's not even plugged in. <laughs> oh, my God. Whoops. Whoops. This will be like the outtake intro. I chose the hard difficulty in life. <laughs> for no reason. Oh, my God. Welcome to Superhouse, and we are back with part two of the Batman Begins deep dive in comics versus Nolan. So, once again, I am Ben Juan, the, the man who knows too much about Batman, and I'm joined with... Andrew, everybody, what's going on? Hey, this Wolfie. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and Wolfie's our scorekeeper. Anticlimactic. Yes. Oh, yeah, oh. scorekeeper. <laughs> and uh, last time, we ended off with, uh, in terms of we are comparing... Uh, Nolan's interpretation in Batman Begins versus the comics that he based everything on. Last time, if you caught our last episode, we left off on, what was the score? The score is we got five comics on the comics tally, All right. and then he'll have to count these notches. <laughs> oh, man. It's eight. And then eight for the movie. <laughs> okay. The world. So we have, all right, it's five to eight <laughs> in the comics, but we still have plenty more to go with the movie, so who will win? Let's find out. Um, movie. We all win is the answer. Yes. Um, I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> We're about to find out. Okay. So I'm we left off. To be everybody. You lose. <laughs> we left off with uh, the scene where Batman has debuted. He has finally said, I'm Batman. Falcone. <laughs> Until the, the bum on the street, nice coat. Uh, so other things that happened here that uh, I did not mention last time is that in the original script, there was a little bit more when it came to Judge Faden. Now, if you don't remember who Judge Faden is, I don't blame you. He wasn't the most memorable character, but he was the judge who was on Falcone's payroll. And uh, when Batman saved Rachel Dawes, he threw a bunch of photos of Judge Faden. He's just like leverage with him like and some woman. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right. So in the original script, we got to see Bruce Wayne do some recon as a homeless man, take some pictures, which is where the pictures come from. And then when he... Uh, the same night that he debuts as Batman, he actually tracks down the limo that okay. Caitlin in is crashes through it and tells him uh, the whole line from your one where it's just like you have eaten well. Oh yeah, I'm starved. Your feast is over. Does he say that in Batman Begins? He said it in the script. Oh, oh really? Okay. He said it in the script, and so he, but I think they wanted to say like, hey, let's let's move the limo thing <laughs> to Falcone instead that of that line's too nerdy. <laughs> they made they made David Goyer sit down. <laughs> just let the cheerio chap with the big boys. Uh, That's my maybe Bale just couldn't say it. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, you it what is a ten plus woman? <laughs> ten plus broad walk into this picture. Hey, Wait, Bob, Bob Kane. Kane. Bob Kane was dead at this point. Oh man, I forgot about that. <laughs> Do I move your lights? Do you want me to move your lights? <laughs> you want me to move your fucking lights down? And that's why <laughs> the scene. That's We're why the scene didn't work. <laughs> he says, "You eaten well as Gotham starved. This ends tonight." So that was the original scene with a confrontation with the limo. There was a different version of I'm Batman. Okay. Falcone uh. shows up at the dock, sees Batman fighting, and he he aims a shotgun at Batman, and it's just okay. him standing with Batman's back to him. And Falcone's like, Falcone's like, "Who the hell are you?" And he pulls the trigger, and you hear this click, and Batman turns around, and he opens his hand, <laughs> and it has the shells of the shotgun, and he says, "I'm Batman." That would have been cool. <laughs> too. Throws the yeah. shells at him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it explodes Whoa. in his face. It's not a gun. It's just me throwing it. <laughs> I just answered an ad on Craigslist. It's a shooting can. So it is kind of like shotgun. Yeah. There's a scene in Dark Victory that's like that where he does that to uh, Tony Zuko. 
uh, on that where uh, yeah he's like you have a problem Tony and then Zuko says yeah I got lots of problems and then he sees his Batman and then Batman turns around <laughs> and he says from one professional <laughs> to another <laughs> no, he's groaning he he's groaning yeah, yeah. No, and then <laughs> goes after Zuko yeah so he's just like you have you have you have a problem Tony he's like yeah tell me about it and then he turns and sees Batman having hallucinations. and Tony cra- tries to grab a gun and then Batman puts his fist down on the table revealing all the shells and then he's like now you have a problem with me so all right now that's his no kill no guns policy so and then he does this thing and then he's he, just the the i'm Dance missing the around. sound effects these days yes <laughs> that's the one thing this movie can, missed was batman dancing they can around. style that, that. <laughs> they can modernize that pissed, man. have, him, this, do have that. him this do this we need Hell have no the... fury like a Ben Scorn. <laughs> so after <laughs> well, children. <laughs> yes. Uh, so after he gives the evidence to Rachel Dawes for uh, all the leverage, we then cut to a scene where Gordon shows up at the docks and he finds that Falcone is strapped to the light. And everyone's just like, what is that? And in the original script, there was a line that they thankfully cut where some cops like, looks like a bat. Obviously, (laughs) they didn't need to do that. This is that guy running over there. He looks like some sort of Batman. (laughs) Cut to the newspapers. Batman. He he looks like he's beginning. (laughs) That's the movie I saw. (laughs) This is uh, not how it happened in the movie. What happened in the movie is uh, this is the origin of the bat signal, where he had strapped Falcone to the light, and that inspires Gordon to uh, put the the bat signal on. He gave us the signal. No, he says, he says, I couldn't find any mob bosses. Oh, yeah, I yeah. know. Yeah. Right. So, in Prey, we'll show you the comic panels here. Uh, Gordon puts up the bat signal to briefly tell Batman, like, hey, uh, the Bears put out a task force against you and everything. And, and so that was kind of, he was trying to be covert, which doesn't quite make any sense because he was shining the signal, but right. it was, it's only right. briefly as opposed to in the <laughs> comics where he only has see this out. light. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's the comic book version of the bat signal origin, at least before the movie. And we have the movie version. So once again, let's try to uh, let's weigh the two movie version with uh, Falcone strapped to it that inspires Gordon later, or the comic version where Gordon just kind of does it to quickly get Batman's attention. Mm. I kind of got a movie on this one, probably. Yeah, I'm the kind of guy that likes like, how do you explain that, and where does this come from, yeah. and wh- how does that work in our world? Like sometimes it's good, and, and this sometimes is cool. it's yeah. shitty. So the comic version is originally Gordon's just like, I want to make a bat light. I want to <laughs> contact him. Yeah, there's not really a lot of other origins. You've inspired me signal. to get back into welding, Batman. Yeah. <laughs> Look so what I've made for emailed you. This, our friendship is I three now complete. <laughs> just texted me. Blah, blah. All right, well, I sure have a lot of light in the sky. A lot of time on my hands these weekends. Well, I always liked how it was established because that's how I always saw it is that the bat signal is not just to alert Batman that they they need his help, but also to alert criminals out there that he's coming for you. Yeah, I mean, symbolic look, message. You to cannot it. They, not they, have it. You need yeah. the bat. They touch signal. on that in Rises a little bit. Yeah, a little bit with the the flame bat yeah. that he had time to do the gas. No, the little opening there, montage. Or maybe, oh, maybe I'm not yeah. going out tonight. It's, it's <laughs> one of them. Yeah, it's one no, of them. No, yeah, Dark Knight. Is it Dark Knight? Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that one. No, he's retired at the beginning of Rise. That movie. He wouldn't do that. They're all one movie to me, really. Oh, yeah. He gave up. <laughs> he gave up twice. But anyway. <laughs> twice. <laughs> yeah. we, the verdict goes to the movie. So that goes to that yeah, one. Yeah, so well, you, you were a movie as well. Nine well, to, nine uh, to five. Well, I'm movie as well, but even even so, there's three of us. So even if you two like the movie and I like the comic better, that cancels me out. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, anyway. just, I just didn't get your opinion anyway. No, no, no. I, I mean, like, I, I, I love your opinion. I, this is my favorite origin of the Bat Signal. Okay. Because of that, so this is it's one of the, yeah. the best. I are think. there okay? Are there other 
besides that one uh, time in the there comic. There is a version in Zero Year where Gordon does something similar uh, to the Prey one where he has to shine the signal during the time. And this is a time where Riddler's had the whole blackout on the city, if you guys have read the Zero Year comic. Uh, and it's it's somewhat similar to before where it kind of shines as like a, a, a symbol mm-hmm. as well as a signal. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think another good origin of the bat signal was in the original Sam Hamm draft for 89 where Alexander Knox and Vicky Vale are at the parade at the end, you know, with the Joker, mm-hmm. and they see that, uh, oh, my God, the balloons all have big gas in it and we need to warn Batman, and Alexander Knox is like, I got an idea. And he actually creates the bat signal because he uses one of the you know those searchlights that are part of the parade. Uh-huh. He uses he puts the bat signal uh, on that okay. to alert Batman, and he shines it on the the float. Like, hey, yeah. Batman! Like, this is the stuff to go after. That's cool. And I, then the Joker's yeah. uh, henchmen kill him. Uh, which did not happen bitches. in the movie. Yeah. So <laughs> I do I do like those bits in movies sometimes when they're not too heavy handed. Yeah. Like, oh, that's how that. Yeah, because it makes sense for that came story. About yeah. That, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I liked I like both. I guess movie versions, the one that didn't make it to the 89 movie or the Batman Begins, the one more than yeah. the, the comics where it's just kind of just like, all right, I guess we got to explain <laughs> this now. So right, here's how right, we right, do right. this. All Gordon had was a really high-powered light and He's got some, a, flashlight. a stapler and some pencils <laughs> and things. He's like, why don't we have any more office supplies around here? <laughs> I just imagine Gordon buying a big light with the police money and then <laughs> getting a stencil out and fucking making it himself. Well, I think in one, in one of the comics, it was this. it was like a cloth thing that he would like put on originally. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, and then he was just like, ah, this is dumb, and then he just he just started painting it, fucking <laughs> wow. on it because like this is dumb because like he, in the beginning it was yeah. sort of unsanctioned that you would be turning to Batman, and in post crisis, Gordon started working with Batman when he was a lieutenant. He wasn't a right. uh, he wasn't yeah, actually right, the right, police. Right. He wasn't the head guy. He wasn't come when he had when he had yes. more time on his hands, obviously. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> clang, clang, clang. When uh, they Does were casting like... this, Sorry. now when they were casting this, Gary Oldman was not the first choice for oh, Gordon. Yeah. He right. uh, had uh, no Nolan shit. had gone to uh, offer it to Chris Cooper. Ah. Chris Cooper was offered. He said, "Quote: I was approached about that and chose not to do it. Uh, he had just done a lot of movies, right. and he decided that uh, it, was, it was time for him to take a break." Yeah. Right. And he took a long break. I haven't seen him in anything. He was in The Amazing Spider-Man 2 because oh, he right. decided to be in that instead of Batman Begins. And so. Mr. Rogers recently. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's true. I better jump yeah. on this. <laughs> I better be Norman Osborn in this <laughs> franchise. Is there dead. filming those cameras? <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Grandpa, quit yelling at the wall. <laughs> you got to get out of the house. Anyway. All right. The next one goes <laughs> into Batman himself on a few differences. Some of them kind of uh, superficial, but... Uh, we'll go into them. So the actual bat suit, Batman's bat suit in the film, obviously is quite different from what's in the comics. In the comics, what you're used to seeing is the uh, two-toned, where it's the black bat over a gray uh, tunic, a yellow utility belt, and the sort of overall gray and black, or sometimes gray and blue color. Mm-hmm. Instead, this was all black, sort of taking after the uh, Burton Schumacher movies. Uh, and said to be a Nomex survival suit for advanced infantry. Nomex. Yes. Nomex? Yes, that's what uh, Lucius Fox says. It's What's Nomex supposed to be? I have no it's idea. Like Gore- <laughs> it's like Gore-Tex. It's like Gore-Tex. Except mm. that explains it. The opposite. <laughs> right. This isn't a Seinfeld reference. <laughs> great. Very so, astute. Great. <laughs> uh, so in here, everything is black as well as the symbol. So the symbol that just insignia sort of blends in with the rest of it. You so don't really get to I see it. I got to ask you a question about yes. this. I was not following 
Batman movies as closely as I am these days. Right. So whenever this was revealed, yeah. did the fucking 2004 internet blow <laughs> the fuck up? Uh, yes, because of the... I remember the first image of it because it was a very gritty image. Okay. Of him. And yes, it was black rubber, and some people like me were just like, okay, I mean, I guess I've seen that, but it's cool, Batman's back. Yeah. Um, it was just yeah. the, the tone of it. It was almost like the sepia-looking coloring. Right. We'll put it up for you uh, over here, but uh, it's like the sepia-looking yeah. coloring, and just nobody had really seen it like that before. Okay. And he looked... You could tell that Bale had been working out because the it had shown like you know beforehand the the muscles the in the machinist? bat suit yeah well like the beforehand the muscles in the suit were like the sculpted. the sculpted Greek god yeah. type sculpted rather this oh, one yeah. like me like you couldn't really see yes of course uh, you couldn't really see this part but you could see like the sh- the the overall musculature and the, and the okay. shoulders and everything and even though yeah you know that part of that was rubbery there's no way that Crit- Bale had to have been that built in order to yeah. pull that off mm-hmm. uh, Bale had a you know hell of a time trying to get a, out from machinist shape into this he right. ate a shit ton of like pizza and bread between the machinist and his batman begins audition <laughs> right because he had he went right one right after the other dang yeah, because he didn't like want to, an ice cream or something yeah like he didn't want to show up to the machinist good way to get gout yeah <laughs> he didn't want to show up to the <laughs> batman audition in his machinist shape because yeah. he would never get yeah. the part so yeah. he had to bulk up immediately right for wow. that and then they had to cut he had to cut down because then they're just like now you're too fat for the suit and started calling him <laughs> fat man are you serious <laughs> yes wow <laughs> and he cried so he had this whole yo-yo diet why do they thing. keep making fun of me <laughs> <laughs> I, I think my favorite story was when he asked gary oldman <laughs> favorite story i heard was when he asked gary oldman how gary oldman did his weight loss or weight change crack for uh the churchill movie the darkest hour oh, right. and gary oldman was just like it was all pro- makeup <laughs> it was all makeup man <laughs> i got yeah, yeah, heavy yeah, yeah. into meth <laughs> and was like, for a good it. long summer and here i am gosh what was your name again darn yes. it so uh <laughs> one of the things that i thought was interesting was the fact that the, the bat is blended in Kind of like the Batman Forever sonar suit, which is what the the suit that was used for the uh, audition. Uh, but uh, I would also think that the the reason why I like the black over the tunic is that I don't really see the point in him having the black bat on his chest anyway if you're not able to see it in some way. Mm-hmm. Like he is talking about being a symbol. He wants to have a symbol mm-hmm. that is seen. So I figure like if you want to be blended in, then just keep it black and don't have it on. Or if you want to have the symbol on, then make the symbol stand out. Yeah. It was like my a, personal. Yeah. It was like the realism aspect of keeping yeah, it tactical yeah. and whatever. Yeah, he just needed a reminder. If mm-hmm. he was ever in a building and a broken piece of glass, he <laughs> saw his reflection. He's like, "Oh, oh yeah, that's right, Batman." <laughs> I've also heard this explanation for the comics yes. where it's like he has a like a brighter symbol, like a yellow yeah. symbol, in order so that. The <laughs> So that the criminals will focus on the symbol and not his fists or He's something. All, no, no, no. It's it's they uh, they don't focus. Uh, they shoot for the symbol. It's a target on his chest. So right. Shoot his most protected area and don't shoot his head. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah. Because yeah, uh, that's yeah. the biggest target that when you strike yeah. in the shadows. Right. So that was Frank Miller's interpretation of why there was a yellow uh, bat insignia. And Bruce even says it in one of the original drafts for the '89 movie. Actually, when he tells oh, Mickey really? about that. So uh, I like that. I, I was, think it's, I it's like decent that. for. Yeah, it's a good yeah. explanation for it's that. It's a good explanation. Because it's got to be like the most mm-hmm. Kevlar right here, right? Yeah, yeah. Or whatever he's got under there. And then, yeah. I mean, also you're dealing with a guy with an exposed jaw. Like, this is not like the most <laughs> super realistic. It's a guy in a bat costume, yeah. for Christ's sake. Just fucking let some things go. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, his voice as well has been very controversial, but we might as well dive into it. The Batman Christian Bale 
voice has been parodied all over the fucking internet. Lauded uh, as this. the most creative. <laughs> the best voice I ever was for any Batman. Spot for on. certain people, yes. Um, the only time that his voice is really described as that type of growl uh, is in year one, but he doesn't really. It's never really said that his voice is a growl. It says uh, he says something about bringing a growl that he learned in Africa. So he uses that as like a tactic when he's fighting to sort of intimidate or make them feel like more like he's a creature. But it doesn't say uh-huh. anything about him using it as a voice. <laughs> what would that sound like? You think? Please <laughs> make <laughs> make a voice right now. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, like, just what he did. In the shadows. <laughs> ha, ha. Oh, my God. That's Choo, fucking ka, terrible. Ka, I'm just no. thinking of, like, the Lion King. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my. <laughs> that's, what, that's what Batman says in the shadows. Like, he's just, oh he's just no, chanting he's that here. it's going in. Oh, my God. <laughs> Damn it. No, I, I imagine it's kind of like the grunting that you hear when, to, when like, you watch a martial arts workout or something. <laughs> when people are just like, <laughs> like that. But, but <laughs> more with, guttural? With a little bit more guttural <laughs> or, like. Uh, yeah, more like rasp to it as well. It's only described once in year one, so it's not like somebody does a lot. I'm just trying to find right. one. I'm just trying to find one instance where a growl was specified. Are you, or are like you getting to this though? In the comics, there's really there's not much difference between vo- the voices. I'm saying in the comics, it's kind of up to your imagination right. on it. But yeah. oh, oh, oh. Batman, Batman doesn't agree. <laughs> but uh, if Batman toys, there's a out. lot of different uh, things that say that's kind of. Like an Eastwood impression. Oh, uh, yeah. Kind of gruff. Oh, okay. But kind of gruff, but like more quiet. I feel like post, yeah. post Batman, well, we've been kids ever since I mean, yeah. when it first came out, but whenever the BTAS yeah. Batman yeah, animated series. series came out, mm-hmm. most people, including myself, read with Kevin Conroy's of voice. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I've never, never, he, made yeah. a, he made a discernment between the two voices. Yeah. 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 Bruce Wayne was always like a really kind of nice guy. Yeah. And, then and Batman. Down. Yeah. Robin, yeah, I swear that you shouldn't be eating not vegetables. No, I don't know. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> so we yeah. have. That's all the. Sh- is this a joint? And your this superhouse co-host <laughs> yeah. opinion right here. That's yeah. all the change Botched you need. It. You don't need all yeah. this craziness going. I on. agree. I agree. And when this first came out mm-hmm. in 2005, I I saw it and I liked it. I don't even remember like the voice being that big of a deal for me, but I feel like this whole voice thing became such a big deal. Probably after dark night, <laughs> they're like, yeah. Oh, that is a good idea, but you did it totally wrong. Like, no <laughs> yeah. Really pretty talking much. About it that much when Batman not Begins in begins, was out. but when dark night came up, I think it was because it got like the, the common opinion is that it got worse as it as the movies went Maybe on. Maybe it did. How Maybe it went it from because like he you know even he throws into the photos to the Rachel is just like leverage to get things moving and, the, and then rises is just like where's the trigger? Yeah, <laughs> and I'm just like okay, that's fine. people were laughing in the theater for rises <laughs> yeah. whenever yeah. that came out. Well, yeah, and the trailer for rises that little sneak peek that they yeah. gave it was like you couldn't hear Bane or like Bruce. <laughs> it's like what the fuck are we even that Nolan always yeah. playing his cards so close to the chest but then you can't even understand him this time around <laughs> it's like code you make it seem like he intended that <laughs> that's pretty funny actually he doesn't so matter who i am no one knows who <laughs> the fuck i'm saying this is that you what oh <laughs> were, did you see the um when rises came out we're going two movies ahead now but yes when the 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 trait the the 10 minute imax thing i saw mm-hmm. that i saw everybody saw that here 
I saw that. Didn't I you? had no idea what Bane was. It saying. was so bad. Yeah, well, it was right. terrible. It yeah. was terrible sound design. Yeah, doesn't matter what it is. It's good they did that little preview because I think the whole internet exploded right. again. Yeah, because yeah, it would he would have sounded like that in the They're whole like, damn movie. Yeah, if they didn't do that. <laughs> like Abe Simpson, out, it was Mission Impossible or something. Up. Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember we walked out and we we didn't talk about Mission Impossible. We talked about the, about how Anthony. bad the we sound like, design was. <laughs> I remember saying to Jeremy Baldich. Yeah. Technically, Superhouse co-host, <laughs> never on, but um, it's on Black Panther episodes. Um, uh, he was like, I told him, I do, I had no idea what he was saying. Anyway, let's get back to the begins. I'm sorry for that tangent. But Dude. I mean, we're uh, we're just mainly going through the persona of Batman, differences between the comics and the uh, the movie. So. The distinction then will be uh, the comic book bat suit with the two-toned, traditional two-tone with the black bat versus the Nolan Begins suit, which is a little bit more rubber armor and all black, kind of like the Burton Schumacher movies. I went first last time, so uh, Wolfie. It Wolfie. works quite well for the Nolan verse of Batman films. I think now post versus S was it called Batman v versus Superman, Superman Don Justice and League. Justice League you know we've seen how it's a little more fantastical a mm-hmm. little bit more suspension of disbelief put into the the portrayal of these characters and stuff mm-hmm. and I, I I always like the two-tone I've been waiting for years to see a yeah. somewhat mix of like cloth outerwear and like the armor underneath that mm-hmm. those kind of like ripped cloth battle yeah. damage that would be cool we've yet to see sure. something like that because you have like the more tactical the more realistic but i've argued Mm -hmm. for a long time that things don't have to always be realistic to be believable and hopefully we're heading into an age of that's who gives a fact i think we certainly have given that uh (laughs) this was begins came out before we had movies of a talking raccoon in the marvel (laughs) stuff i think we've had yeah i know right yeah so this was before that time but um for me yes i i prefer the classic because i'm usually like that with comics periods but i i like i like the bat symbol being on the chest because for the reasons that i talked about i like that i like yeah the feeling that he is uh that you don't really see the armor which is my issue with some of the... Oh, that's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, that's you know true. What I that's mean? true, yeah. Like, otherwise, you see a guy in armor as opposed to... There's this great comic book cover. I'll have to dig up the actual issue, but it's by Scott McDaniel, who just uh, liked one of our posts on Instagram, by oh, the way. Oh, yeah. shit. So, yeah. Thank reach you, out Scott. to Scott McDaniel. I'll, I'll talk to you later. Uh, but uh, <laughs> it's a picture of Batman, and he's just been shot, and the bat signal is, like, smoking, but there's you can see armor underneath. Yeah. yeah that's so, cool. the armor's cool. under that's cool. that's the, the, way the cloth tunic. Because so, what they don't yeah. show often is that Bruce is a master seamstress. <laughs> yes, he sews a lot. <laughs> Seamster. <laughs> or he makes Alfred do it, and then Alfred's like, God damn it, Master Bruce. That's you sewed so this too tight, Alfred. I am voting for the comics on this one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Short answer, comics. comics. I was a little disappointed. Slightly, slightly longer answer is yeah. it does make sense for Nolan's interpretation. Yeah. But if we're doing ultimate, you know, out of all versions ever, not, you know, everything, yes, the comic yeah. book version with the armor under, definitely better and a little bit more color. Obviously, Batman mm-hmm. is a little, much darker hero than most. Right. But, you know, a little bit more color as well is always good. Right. I don't think this movie would have been ruined if uh, this was he looked like the BVS suit instead of what yeah, we got. Yeah, it would have been. It would have been. Cool it would have been cool to see, and uh, it wouldn't have taken away from anything that's in yeah. the actual movie. So uh, that's another to the comics. 
Nice. All right, we're going to move into a lot of different characters who you've seen because now Batman has already begun. We've kind of already seen the beginnings of different aspects and compare them to the comics. So now there's kind of going to be a little bit more on character stuff since there's not really a lot of other comics that are exactly like uh, the Begins plot post him turning t- taking on the suit. You grooming him? How do you make his wings go? <gasps> like that. He <laughs> <laughs> is playing around with this. Batman toy <laughs> for the uh, audio podcast yep. listeners. I can't help it. So the next uh, character to go into is Commissioner Loeb, who we Loeb. definitely remember from the Aronofsky draft because he was the main villain. Yes, Commissioner Loeb. Can you do the Loeb smoking the cigar thing? What does he say? <laughs> What's the line? <laughs> no, he didn't I really can't. have a line. He was just like <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I don't remember. Okay, whatever. Yeah, we'll cut that. Okay, <laughs> in, in the <laughs> comics, Loeb is as well as in the Aronofsky draft. Loeb is. Thoroughly corrupt, uh, also really fat and greasy and just reeking of sleaziness, blackmails Gordon, fully cognizant of the fact that he is just basically getting rich off of Falcone being able to do crime in the city. Gordon takes over Loeb's job, obviously. And that's uh, why GC, in, GCPD or whatever is so fucking corrupt. Well, uh, Loeb actually leaves at the end of year one and is replaced by another commissioner named Grogan. Grogan. Not to be confused with Gordon. So you got Grogan versus Gordon, and there wasn't really a lot to do with Grogan, but uh, <laughs> it, they could have just had... There's a bad photocopy yeah. over there at <laughs> DC. Like, it, wait, wait, but uh, in, in the Nolan movies, yes, like uh, Gordon does take over from, from, from Loeb, but yeah. this is a very different Loeb. So uh, this Loeb, uh, they changed his race, so he's an African... Uh, African-British actor named Colin McFarland. Oh, yes. yes and yes. Uh, he's a fantastic voice. Uh, but yeah. uh, he yeah. plays a... Uh, it seems that Loeb is not corrupt. He's either not corrupt or he is corrupt, but we just don't know it. And the story can't delve into that, really. The story no time doesn't for it. just really... real cocky. It gets him as his hubris. Well, I mean, it does seem like he is... <laughs> Like on the up and up, a it's little always bit. that yeah. hubris. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'll get hubris. you every time. Gordon's like, no, 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 drink hubris. <laughs> he had a uh, drinking problem as well. He couldn't, you know, most guys it's swish it around and be like, Gordon, would you come smell this? You know? <laughs> but he didn't even do that. He's just like straight no. to the head. A lot of problems. What are you Let talking me... about over there? Talking about the Dark Knight when Loeb got killed. Yeah, you didn't oh, watch. Oh straight... yes, you didn't watch you that didn't watch movie. The Dark Knight. <laughs> <laughs> Four times, two countries. Yes. <laughs> Never let it go. He's not really shown to do anything legally outside of his jurisdiction he is the one to announce that they caught joe chill the next time we see him he is the one with the newspaper being like you know nobody brings vigilantes into my city but like that doesn't does that does that mean that he hates the fact that falcone was arrested because he's working for falcone or does he just not like vigilantes we don't know and then just a little bit of scenes here and there towards the end on that so it's never really explained if Loeb is corrupt or if he's not corrupt, then he's just kind of inept considering how fucking corrupt the rest of the, the police department he's is. He's just a real greasy this. dude. Yes. Greasy. So we have two different lobes here. We have the lobe from the comics. who's very much an out-and-out villain, and police corruption is under the take with Falcone, and that kind of explains the corruption and everything. And then we have this other lobe in uh, Begins and the Dark Knight who has a very minor role. His relationship to Gordon seems to be... Uh, not very close as a friendship, but uh, I guess close enough where there was at least enough there for Gordon to be at his funeral in the Dark Knight. We don't know that much about this lobe. So, differences between the two lobes. How do you think we did? I hate them goddamn both. 
Comics All right, so draw. Zero. We're getting <laughs> zero from you this yeah. time. <laughs> I just can't vote on that. They it's both Andrew suck. versus me. They both suck as characters or both <laughs> suck? Yeah, get them out of here. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, um, Andrew. I have no preference. Uh, way, I suppose. I mean, you I'm just can't, throwing in as many There's not enough time. Well, I mean, you could always weave Low. a tail. I love him. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Oh, my God. You're still talking? I can't help it. <laughs> okay, here we go. Okay. Sorry, man. Um. Loeb, what do you, can you say about him? No, okay. um, <laughs> Nothing, because he's fairly like in it. In this movie, I mean, what are you going to do? Take like 20 minutes to go into Loeb's character? I guess they could have written that in there. Could but written a little bit. I mean, it's, I it depends. Loeb one this shot. was tough because, I mean, it's just like no one just did, and Goria did whatever they could do mm-hmm. with the screen time. It's fine. I mean, ultimately, I guess comics because there's just more you can do there. Yeah. I'd say you comics know? he's more fleshed out, but also just yeah. – uh, I just like the idea that like the police commissioner starts out as corrupt and Gordon takes his drop later. Yeah, <laughs> After yeah. all the bullshit I imagine let's let's say this low was corrupt, right? And it's yeah. just as bad as the one in the year one comic. Imagine how sort of gratifying that is for Gordon in this continuity who has been under Loeb's thumb for years and yeah, years during yeah. the time that Bruce is gone. Yeah. And now he gets to take his job uh, in the Dark Knight. So I kinda like that interpretation. It it also makes it gives a reason for why G C P D G P D GCPD. GCPD, yeah. GCPD is so corrupt, right? Yeah, and that's exactly. why. So Gordon, it's like a fucking major regime change. Yes, exactly. In, in, at GCPD, mm-hmm. whenever he takes over, but still everybody's probably got his back and also gives more uh, reason for Batman or for Gordon to really only trust Batman for the most <laughs> really, part. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like all the other cops, I can't trust these motherfuckers. Yeah. So, you know so, what I mean? So, And I can't fire him either just yet. Yeah. So it's like he's... Goran's really like in a rock and a hard place, yeah. and also gives him even more reason to put his trust in this mass vigilante dude. Especially in the mm-hmm. beginning, doesn't really know him all that yeah. well. Yeah, exactly. Because all these other dudes that surrounding him that are supposed to be enforcing the law, fucking not doing it. Yeah. So it's almost as if they thought this out, guys. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. It's really, so yeah, of course, this is really good. It's good. It's good writing, I think. All right, going to the comics then. All right, wow. Well, right. Just saying a bunch of shit everybody already knows. Steady, yes. steadily, <laughs> steadily coming climbing. up. All right, general tidbits. Uh, the Narrows. Mm, Where did the Narrows come tidbits. from? Now, I originally thought the Narrows was a Nolan invention until I found out uh, in the article in Batman Online I helped contribute to that it was not a Nolan invention. It comes from the 66 show. Holy shit. Oh, really? Yeah, the Gotham Narrows, first mentioned in an episode called The Duo Defy. Wow. Season 2, episode... Uh, Six episode sixty. I'll have to look that up. I don't think that's right. Uh, there are a lot of episodes in season two, or maybe episode sixty of the overall show. That might make possibly sense. that's what it yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, later incorporated into the comics in nineteen seventy eight in uh, an issue where Batman confronted the third Clayface, Preston Payne, on the Gotham Narrows Bridge. So okay. Narrows does have some precedent in the comics. But obviously, I'm not going to bring up a comparison between sounds, that narrows and this one because it's just a location. It sounds wicked cool to say the, the Gotham narrows. narrows. Yes. Yeah, it's a good Down name in the narrows for sure. And all yeah. that climactic stuff happens there. Cool. Yes. Super yeah. cool. Uh, <laughs> originally, I kind of missed like I missed the Narrows after it begins. They never came back. Yeah. That's Especially because that was the most fucked up neighborhood at the end of Batman right. Begins, and there they was really a follow up of just like, yeah, well, the Narrows, is, you know, it's just dead. It the Narrows really, is lost. It could have really been uh, like those the locations they were in yeah. Dark Knight Rises you know it could have been could have been that hiding out in the narrows the criminals the tables have turned it makes Bloodhaven look like Metropolis yeah. <laughs> 
We haven't even seen Bloodhaven yet. <laughs> uh, originally, there was a scene of Flash threatening Gordon's family. Uh, okay. Similar to the stuff that I've described in year one. What, would a hot dog in his mouth? Get that guy out of here. This is before he gets the hot dog. Out of here. Well, they don't like falafel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then Batman hangs Flash upside down from the rooftop to interrogate him. This is right out of the swear uh, to haunted night. This is the swear to me. But the, the light swear to me is from the comic. when really? I achieved a full erection boner <laughs> really when he says swear to me cause it's like I swear to god man yeah. he doesn't give a fuck about god swear right, to me, yeah. swear to me. Yes. like that is like whoop fucking <laughs> the best interesting I don't know I have the, quite the same reaction oh. I think I was just more th- <laughs> well here's the thing I grew up with remember I grew up with Keaton I mean, I grew up too? with Kilmer, and but just I, the fact of him yelling at this dude, I'm just like, I get it, interrogation tactic, but uh, I just felt to Wait, me a little more question is, over the top. Does Flash actually swear to him? No, he doesn't. He just yells as he goes through, and then he just brings it back up and just has him sounds cool, say the same thing. Really, technically ineffective. Technically not line. actually. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't <laughs> actually make him swear to Batman. It's a year, and it's also like you could, you could chalk it up to him being. Younger and angrier as yeah. well. Ooh, yeah. If anything, he gets angrier over the course of the movies because <laughs> his voice that's gets true. all powerful. Well, and he's a, an icon. <laughs> he's that's a, a mistake of the character arc, but at this time, there was one movie to make. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, so, I know. I'm good. just saying it yeah. wasn't the quite it's the... Uh, it's, it's, it's a scene that I wish I could love as much as other people, but it just always kind of rubs me a little bit almost unintentionally comedic. It, it's too, from, too, from, to, it's to me, too gruff. Because it's too because he says, me, yeah. swear to me, with a hard... Even his list. It's a hard T8. Bell does have a slight speech. <laughs> I mean, it's because he's got that cockney thing going on. He's got to like hide it, because <laughs> stuff it down. You're being very droll. It's Alfred. weird to hear his rant where he just flips in and out of American and English. He's time. a genius. Yeah, but I don't know how if that's just like that's his weird accent because of the fact that he has I think he has dual citizenship. Like he he goes between. His wife is American. It's exhausting. Like, so, like, he's Methodist fuck in order. That too. So. He, he did all the uh, interviews in the uh, in his American accent yeah. for, for, begins, for yeah. kids or something. Yeah, he didn't want Americans to think yeah. that. Uh, what Tom Holland needs yeah. to do. They're too late now. You think <laughs> fancy schmancy talk out of here. <laughs> Me like well, he's Spider a whole bunch of uh, guy. He's a bunch of animated films just using his same Spider-Man voice, so I guess that's been working yeah. out for him. But yeah. Uh, let's see <laughs> another character because we there's a lot of Wayne Enterprises stuff in this movie as well. We talked about Wayne. Lucius Fox, uh, Mr. Earl, who's played by Rutger Hauer. Rutger Hauer was hired because uh, the look and feel of the Narrows, at least, was inspired, of course, by Blade Runner, Ooh. which is one of Nolan's favorite movies. Mm-hmm. And Rutger Hauer, of course, is famous for playing uh, Roy Batty. Tears in, in the one. rain. Yes. Get that guy from Blade Runner on the phone. <laughs> the Harrison Batty Ford? guy. No. No, the other guy. <laughs> I heard the guy who called himself Batty. Nolan made the his crew, or at least part of his crew, watch yeah. Blade Runner in preparation for Batman. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> See a good movie for once, you yes. sons of bitches. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he is kind of similar to the Charles Palantine character we talked about mm-hmm. in Gotham. Yeah. Uh, not Gotham. The, the Bruce Wayne pilot uh, who is the CEO is kind of the villain, but he's not like... He's not quite that much of a villain. He's just more like looking at he's a, he's kind of just a shrewd businessman who doesn't really care about the old regime type of thing. He's not right. really that much of a bad guy. Right. Uh, but sort of tied into the Wayne stuff is another character I realize we kind of skirted over because the movie skirted over, and that's Martha Wayne. Martha! Martha. Uh, I knew you were going to say that. Oh, my God. So I'm bringing Trigger up warning. That was the worst, man. <laughs> <laughs> Coming soon, or Batman versus Superman deep dive. <laughs> Trigger <Right>. warning. <laughs> Snyder stands. <laughs> trigger warning of us making fun of that but 
Martha in the movie has maybe two lines, and after she's dead, there's not really a lot of other mention of her other than the pearls. Because let me pl- let me ask you guys this thing: Thomas Wayne, you know that he what was his occupation? Doctor, philanthropist, doctor, philanderer, philanthropist, yeah, potentially philanderer as well. <laughs> philanthropist. Where um, runs Wayne Enterprises? Okay, what did Martha do? She's. The she's first a housewife. <laughs> See, that's my point. She's the first lady of Gotham. In she has the education. Andrew Vakas novel, Batman the <laughs> Ultimate Evil, uh, Martha was shown to have helped uh, in charities as well as going up against child trafficking around the world. So ah. she was the philanthropist side. Ooh, uh, and Thomas Wayne was the doctor sort of thing. If anything, in the past, and like as they expand the backstory, they gave her the maiden name Kane after. After Bob Kane, uh, but <laughs> ten plus, <laughs> it is ten plus. Um, but they they established that the Kane family was a big business family. So I always thought it made more sense for, uh, it in a way made more sense for the business stuff to actually come from Martha, and the philanthropy type of stuff to come from his father, Doctor. Right. Type of thing. Okay. In which case, Wayne Enterprises would kind of have to have been started by Bruce himself. Or a Wayne Kane merger thing that happened after they married, or something like that. Or but Thomas, yeah, hmm. Thomas and Martha. But there wasn't yeah. a grandfather figure that had something to do with that. Uh, yeah, not I really. Th- I always different. thought Thomas Wayne inherited from his father. Well, yeah, there's this whole thing of inherited, but in the movie, it's actually established that he started it. Okay. Oh, really? I think so. Yeah. He, that he's that he started it, or that it's run by. He made, it, he made it big, and it's then kind of a conglomerate. Yeah. I might have to rewatch that uh, scene again. But yeah, there's that scene in the train where, he's just, where Bruce is like, "Did you build this train, Dad?" He's like, "No, no, no. There's the Gotham Hub, and let me tell you everything about this company before yeah. I die." Uh, yeah. Are we yeah, meant so. to stand in bumpus? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Daddy, Welcome to downtown. Daddy, will you clean up the city, so, please? Daddy? I don't know if it's worth necessarily mentioning. That and doing a comp yes Martha and making competition <laughs> about that considering how little she was in it but I do think it could have yeah. benefited from more of at least some mention of her after her death for God's sake other than the pearls right yeah. look at yes. how sad he is he is showing the book to the camera yes. we need a mommy I don't know should we vote on this one I mean obviously it's gonna go to the comics if we do I could have done with some more Martha yeah, yeah I mean we're it. all gonna do comics right we're gonna well we yeah, have yeah. to yeah oh, steady yeah. rising we got a neck and neck battle here movies are stupid see you don't know <laughs> where this is gonna go you guys thought that maybe Nolan had this in the it's can not like the book. turn it around by the way, Ben, I feel like whenever you see a new Batman movie, you just yeah. you have so many like uh, you're checking like every little point of it. <laughs> like when you see the Battinson movie, yeah, I feel like your head's gonna explode, man, because <laughs> now you've got you've garnered so much information. That's what the man's been preparing for since 2005, because that was the last new one, right? <laughs> so like you're. What do you mean since 2005? The last, the last, oh, uh, Batman, last new right. Batman movie. <laughs> but I mean like a new series. Batfleck was, I guess, the last. He's new, kind of, yeah, Batfleck was kind of the last one, but yeah. But I mean, it's it. it yeah, I kind of had that with seeing some of the previous ones where we could only watch the uh, the movies in theaters, and I didn't like this. Was obviously because of years and years of having watched this movie and remembering stuff. Yeah. But when we we, we didn't, I watched Joker, and then when I watched the Batman, I'm gonna have to remember this shit. I feel like <laughs> if we go see this movie, if we go see Batman, the the Batman together. Yeah. We walk out. I just imagine we walk out of the theater together, <laughs> and you're just gonna be like, not that you liked it or didn't like yeah. it, but you're gonna be like, you can't talk for a, <laughs> for a while because you're processing so much, oh. so so much. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll take bets it. on that. We'll see what happens in 2021. <laughs> 
Oh man, another year. We're happening. Yeah, another year till it. Well, well filming, filming right, filming right, now. right yeah. now. Yeah. So maybe it's London we'll time too. London time. It's kind of exciting too because yeah. this is kind of the new decades Batman begins. Yeah. We have another yeah. young Batman. The we have another down. thing that uh, takes on. place in the early years of it, and we don't know what the we don't know what the bat suit looks like at the time of this recording. Yeah. Maybe it'll be released by the time that we do this. I have a oh. feeling it'll be this week. No, I have no idea, <laughs> but it would be cool if it's tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you for adding those in, so we can just splice in whichever one. Yeah. Turns out to be right. <laughs> Next week, today. Next month is when we see. Wow. Uh, you got so me. <laughs> The, uh, the, next, but the bigger character for us to go into is the man himself, the one that you see right in the center of the camera if you're seeing the video, and that is the Scarecrow. One of the best villains, in my opinion. One of the best villains in the Batman lore, because I think thematically it works so well. Yeah, you know, it's a movie definitely. about Batman facing his fears, fear. but also just Batman uses fear, and Scarecrow uses mm. that tool as well. And I think somebody pitched the idea of, like, you know, they did a DC Black Joker movie, they should fucking do a horror movie with Scarecrow. It's it amazing. itself, guys. Yeah. Come on. Mm. <laughs> so, uh, Jonathan Crane first showed up in uh, the comic called The Riddle of the Human Scarecrow, ironically. Uh, <laughs> and it was World's <laughs> Finest. No Riddler whatsoever three. in that. Uh, Just Riddler a was riddle. created after the Scarecrow, actually. Whoa. Holy fuck, balls. Scarecrow was created in 41. Riddler was 48. So Scarecrow came out before. just two years after Batman? Came was? out two years after Batman, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Batman. Batman. So Scarecrow showed up, and if you see, and we'll show you the picture of this, Jerry Robinson uh, was the artist on the original Scarecrow uh, design, and you see Jonathan Crane in the beginning, and he has the combed hair and the glasses and the suit. Like, he looks like... That it looks almost as if Killian Murphy was based off of the Whoa. first appearance. Okay, of, that's cool. Of the Scarecrow, because cool. like if you look at Jonathan Crane now in the comics, he's got like this moppy brown hair and this big nose, and they make him look like Ichabod Crane. Yeah, they yeah, say that yeah. That's that, yeah. that's why he was picked on. But in the original comic, he actually looks a lot like Killian Murphy. Okay, or an right. older Killian Murphy. Dashing. So. Uh, maybe not dashing, but at least the, the glasses lead. arousing. British-like. Very dorky. <laughs> oh, oh, I see your turn. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> the common backstory in this was he's always had this obsession with fear. And when he was first showed up in the uh, 41 comic, it was that he was a professor at Gotham University and was so obsessed with fear, he discharged a gun in class to try to make cool. his students afraid. Uh, and and <laughs> extend okay. that experiment, and the university kicked him out. So he proceeded to kill the people at the university because he just couldn't handle it. Apparently, sounds like real life. I know, right? It's kind of sad. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't want to put that in. This is the 1941 story. This is 1941. Yeah. Wow. When uh, they were writing this in 1941, they were like. This could this just never, never happen. happen. Yeah. This is just yeah. comic book stories for children. And of course, <laughs> an evil so fantastical that cut to twenty. The 2000s, it's happening all Especially the time. considering that the Scarecrow, as I told you guys in the Shadow episode, he, he didn't have the fear gas originally. He just had a gun. <laughs> yeah, that That's scares the shit out of me. So, yeah, he is not in charge of Arkham Asylum like in the movie. Um, he is just a university professor who gets fired. Uh, sometimes they filled in the backstory a little more with updated comics where he was bullied as a kid. Uh mm -hmm. Or I made fun of, didn't have much luck with women. Again, other stuff that leads into people shooting people these days, right. apparently. But mm -hmm. right. uh, so Scarecrow, I guess, is a classic an incel type. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess we never realized this. Scarecrow is basically the classic profile of the the uh, mass shooters. Yeah, in incel mass shooters. Yeah. 
Maybe the Joker thing should have been about him. I don't know. Have but we blown your mind just now? Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> uh, I feel like I knew that already. But, yeah, there's no explanation <laughs> for... It was in there somewhere. Scarecrow's motivation is not really in this movie that much. Right. He works for Roz. Roz says that he's, he's under the impression that they're going to hold the city for ransom, but it's not clear, like, does he like it because he wants to see the world or to see the city in fear for some sort of experiment thing? Mm-hmm. Does he just want money out of it? It's not really gone into as opposed to he just kind remember. of fulfills a device and then yeah. he's the uh, sub boss. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and re- remember we, we went Power over the, the Batman five script that was never made. The dark Knight one where mm-hmm. that went deep into like flashbacks of his father and being bullied and why he was who he was right. and all the stuff mm-hmm. that developed into the scarecrow. And he actually had a scarecrow costume. It wasn't just a burlap mask. Oh yeah, and there was so much yeah. stuff, and that in that script, Crane is also in charge of Arkham Asylum, and that's actually where that idea comes from. That's the one with Scarecrow and Man Bat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that one's that pretty one. cool. That one's good. That yeah, one's pretty cool. So not as good as Arnowski, but it was probably maybe second best. In, in my, a perfect in world, yeah. two hours would feel like one hour, and you could fit all that shit in there. In anyway. a perfect world. The you mean more Scarecrow <laughs> stuff in Batman Begins? <laughs> I don't know what okay. the fuck I'm saying. Hi. <laughs> Uh, Crane also doesn't have his scarecrow costume in this one. In the comics, it's usually he's got the hat and like a full-on costume. He leaves straws. He's got like the skull thing that he uses to disperse the fear gas. Okay. Uh, he has a scythe sometimes. Okay. Um, sometimes he has a long coat. Um, in the movie, he basically just has the the mask. Yeah. <clears throat> and the you know they do have the straight jacket, of course. Uh, at the very end, and I remember at the time, everyone's just like, "Scarecrow has a costume. It's the straight jacket. It's going to yeah. always be Scarecrow yeah. in the mask and the straight jacket. That's his costume from now on when you right. see him in the movies." And then, lo and behold, first five minutes of Dark Knight, he just shows up back in the suit again. <laughs> so, yeah, right. Didn't quite Not work my out diagnosis. that way. <laughs> <It was yesterday. laughs> and he didn't even uh, even didn't even have the fucking mask on and rises. So whatever. That so. was kind of we'll get into this in the Dark Knight <laughs> yeah. episode, but that yeah. was sort of a rocky intro. Like after that, like yeah. heist scene. Yeah. Yes. Like, not my diagnosis, and I'm not wearing hockey pants. <laughs> like, that's just like, okay, Nolan. Yeah. I mean, we're being <laughs> good with that. We've been good with that high shit and stuff. Like, well, the Joker I stuff. I kill the limo driver or whatever, yeah, the, bus, the driver. bus driver. Yeah. Yeah, well, the, the Joker stuff throughout the whole movie, as we'll, we'll see when we revisit it, just completely overtakes all the Batman stuff in that one. It really overrides mm-hmm. it. It's just a stellar performance, but, uh, yeah. you know. Okay, so... I feel like we know the verdict on this one, but uh, movie Scarecrow, who's basically just the burlap mask and is helping to work with Roz versus the comic book Scarecrow. You mainly a costume change, or yeah. or you mean like the well, he's, guy he's different a costume, gun. but also uh, different costumes, but also motivations level are explored of more in level comics. Of how interesting the character, the is. yeah, comics yeah. for sure. I mean, yeah. it's just more yeah. fleshed out I in think general so too. Yeah, they've yeah. had more time to. I mean, I yeah. guess they could have put that in yeah, the exactly. background of the movie yeah. somehow. But if you had a yeah. film where it was just Batman versus a singular villain and could wrap like a nice creepy dark tale right. around the scarecrow, <laughs> I think it would be worth eventually having that movie where there'd be mm-hmm. animated or something because he is such an interesting character but for sake of Nolan's yeah. thing he, he really just fulfilled kind of like he fulfills his purpose his purpose yeah yeah I agree with this so it goes to the comics yeah again. just more interesting got it alright this is well, I, have a, I have a question about motive in general sure, for yeah, a yeah. scarecrow yeah. so when he uses fear toxin on people it's essentially a control thing he wants, uh, to, it's he control wants to get something out of <coughs> them or? he wants the power over them because he feels he's been, weak, usually. He's been powerless for so long. Gotcha. And other people made him afraid. He's going to inflict fear on them, which Batman, of course, can relate to because he's inflicting fear on the criminals fear. who made him feel Have powerless. you ever right. tasted fear? 
It's delicious. Literally? Okay. <laughs> I can taste yours right now. Is this your audition for Scarecrow? Weird me out, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is this the line in the Matt mm. Reeves Scarecrow? <laughs> I don't know how to respond. Fear is delicious. So some Scarecrow stuff that happens in the movie that is more general tidbit stuff because we're, we're going back and forth between competition and just stuff that is kind of cool trivia facts. Uh, Wait, I have one more side tangent question. Yes. <laughs> I love is, trivia is facts. Is Scarecrow like a top tier villain for you personally? He could be more. It's just I feel tired. He has so much potential. I have, he has, feels like a lot of untapped potential because I feel like a majority of Scarecrow, co- Scarecrow stories are Scarecrow is using his fear toxin on people. Batman goes to confront him. Scarecrow frees, sprays him with fear gas. Batman sees his parents die again. Batman <laughs> advises an antidote. Batman tracks down Scarecrow, who does not have any of the fighting skill to take on Batman whatsoever. Yeah. And Batman exposes him to his own fear gas. And then Crane gets locked up in Arkham, and that's the end of the story. Bad trip. That is pretty much every Scarecrow story <laughs> out there. And I'm like, okay, I get it, but you could do other things with this guy that could be more interesting. Yeah. I don't know, something that is not the and same fucking matter. An episode just on Scarecrow coming up a uh, year yeah. from now. <laughs> what he does bring to the table is just this function of being a weapon himself or his knowledge right, of the sphere yeah. toxin and how to utilize that. So like, to yeah. the highest bidder seems to make like a lot of sense to it's me. It's the smarter villain that's yeah. not a physical right. threat. Right, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but yeah. I think the movie he you fulfills want some scared people. Yeah, <laughs> he fulfills his purpose. He's not the main one because Roz is the main one. But yeah. it would kind of be weird to have the fear yeah. gas without Scarecrow. Yeah, and if if Killian Murphy's character was just some random mad scientist dude, so like oh, I yeah, get it, it not make sense. Yeah, yeah I w- I'd get it. People would be like, why wasn't he just the fucking Scarecrow? You know, the, right. So you mm-hmm. might as well just throw him in in that. Uh, Scarecrow hides the chemicals inside a shipment of stuffed toys in the movie, which yeah. is from Dark Victory by Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. Uh, and it's also in uh, The Long Halloween where, I mean, I have it here, Batman gets exposed to fear toxin during his first battle of Scarecrow and uh, sees the night where his parents were killed. But, I mean, come on, that's like every Scarecrow story, so I don't know if I can really equate that to The Long Halloween. Um, but uh, the fact that Batman does tend to lose in his first encounter of Scarecrow is very true to very various versions of right. uh, his encounters with the character. And, of course, because otherwise he, he would be such a big villain. Right. So. Uh, literally what happens is that when he and Robin try to stop him in the very first uh, Scarecrow story, because uh, Scarecrow just shot a businessman, so Scarecrow pistol whips Batman and then throws a trash can at Robin, and then he gets away. <laughs> That's how <laughs> he beats them in the comics. Okay. In the updated version, it's a little bit more similar to the one in the movie where Batman visits Crane's apartment, suspecting him to be behind these these mysterious deaths where you know Crane was a bit more of a covert killer. Okay. In the comics, where his fear guess would cause his victims, because he was targeting old professor dudes, so he, he, yeah. he would cause them to have heart attacks. Weaklings. Yeah, and so, <laughs> so Batman academics. was like, "There's no way that all of these academics are now dying of heart attacks with these weird like straw things, right? There's something going on." And so he narrowed it down to Crane, who had been recently fired. Goes to the apartment, and then he it's gets sprayed. It's as fishy as Kevin Spacey's accusers, but that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> the Clinton body count, anyway. <laughs> We're getting way off. <laughs> okay. And uh, Crane has a bomb in his apartment, and Batman escapes, but he has been sprayed by the fear gas, and he uh, escapes from a fire. So very similar to the one in the movie. Hmm. Uh, only difference is that Crane isn't actually there. It's just Are you a trap. member of the fire brigade? <laughs> Comes later. We'll get to that part. Uh, when Rachel is exposed to Scarecrow's fear gas, she hallucinates that uh, she always hallucinates a bunch of maggots. She uh, hallucinates... A whole bunch of stuff that we see in the Haunted Night comic, 
uh, that was specifically the one that has a Scarecrow edition where uh, a bunch of exposed policemen see the same exact visions on Scarecrow. So it's likely okay. that it was taken mm. from there. Uh, what's also taken from there is the line where uh, Scarecrow says, quote, Dr. Crane isn't here right now, but if you'd like to make an appointment. Oh, yeah. Uh, except yeah. Scarecrow says that in, in the comic. In That's the movie, cool. he says it because he's now been dosed with a fear right, gas. Right, right, right. And now that, he's right. messed up. Yeah. That's how I feel every day. <laughs> well, you smoke a lot of weed. <laughs> <laughs> weed is fear gas, everybody. <laughs> uh, and then Munchy after he gas. takes out Crane... Batman is sort of trapped in Arkham, and the SWAT team goes in, and Batman has to use the bats as backup for that. Now, of course, this is a familiar scene, because we saw that in the Year One comic, as well as the Aronofsky script, except that was in an abandoned tenement building. Mm-hmm. Okay. With a bunch of homeless people that got set on fire when Commissioner Loeb dropped a fucking bomb on it. Batman goes, cuckoo, yeah. cuckoo! <laughs> and they all fly through the window. <laughs> this is the more... Uh, <laughs> yes, but this is a uh, this is more PG-13 version. There are no homeless people. There is no bomb that sets them on fire. It's all in Arkham oh, Asylum, right. and he, he basically uses the bats to distract the SWAT team so that he can get Rachel out of there. Rachel! Exactly. This is when he says, back up. Yeah, back up. So we now get into... That was awesome. We get into... Second bat boner was at that scene. The Batmobile. We get into the Batmobile in this one. So the Batmobile. Let's go a little bit into the history of the Batmobile. It was first called that in Detective Comics number 48. It was a red car. Mm -hmm. And you know the spirit of ecstasy ecstasy with that uh, little ornament on the front? Uh, The uh, Rolls Royce? It was basically like that, but with a bat instead. <laughs> and okay. That was the Batmobile. Cool. And Classy. it was like his high-speed auto was this red car. And like to be fair, it's stealthy. Right. I right. mean, maybe not the bat part, but still, like it's stealthy yeah. in the fact yeah. that like it looks like a regular car. Look at this rich asshole yeah. driving through our neighborhood. Oh god, he's beating the shit out of people. <laughs> Get out of here! Like when you first see Batman driving around in Detective Comics number twenty-seven, <laughs> it just he you just blend in. Right. Know, with a car, but right. then. As he got more and more popular, they created, like, let's do toys. A car he couldn't take out of the garage. Yeah, it's a car he can take out of the garage, but everyone will know it's him. And that was the original Batmobile. So the more traditional one was introduced in Batman number five. And uh, obviously we have the Nolan verse version of the Batmobile that's very different from that. So when you first saw this, what did you think? I was like, what the fuck? What the fuck what is the that? What the fuck is that? Yeah. <laughs> Having grown up with the animated series and the uh, Tim Burton Tim Burton stuff, but I also got, like... What was exciting about Begins was the fact that your, if your main exposure was the Burton Schumacher stuff, this was definitely going to be different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is one of the first evidences of that was was yeah. seeing this and being like, okay, this is not like what you saw before. I could always i I liked the action scenes more mm-hmm. with with the tumbler. Yeah, but I could I could in my heart I could never fully accept it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it jumps, well, Andrew. It jumps real high. <laughs> it's just <laughs> not in my heart. It's just not what I want. <laughs> Here's what's interesting, though. If you see, some people have read into this. I don't know if it's deliberate or not, but some people claim that this is actually the shape of a bat with its wings forward. You have the head here with the ears and the head, and uh-huh. these are the two wings bringing it forward with the flaps of the mm. wings in the back. This could have been done with a less bulky car, though. <laughs> could have been done a little that. better, yes. But, yep. I mean, it's cool. <laughs> see I that. see it. Yes. You see it? He's so holding it up to the this camera. is not the first tank-like Batmobile, however. In the comics, uh, there was a comic book in 1956 called Detective Comics number 236. It was called The New Model Batman, where Batman realized the, the criminals were onto his stuff, so he decided okay. to amp up his vehicles, Upgrade. and one of his vehicles was on the front cover, uh, and that was a Bat tank. 
Nice. Okay. It was called uh, what was it called? The it was tumbler. called the bat track. No, it was called the bat track. Shoot giant bat oh, rounds out of it. That <laughs> way they couldn't do any wheels. <laughs> yeah. Be awesome. The, the no, AK forty sevens come out of it, of course. <laughs> and a very young Michael Uslin, producer, future producer of the Batman movies, said that he will always remember this cover and it made a distinct impression on him. So I don't know I'm if that necessarily led to the reason why they went with this. I have a feeling a lot of it was Nolan just being like, well, for practicality's sake, he needs to have a tank. But, you know. Right. <laughs> uh, the it's got to jump also, buildings. Yeah, which was also in the, the Tom Mankiewicz draft, where the Batmobile jumps the rooftops, as well right. as in uh, the Peter David's Batman Forever novelization. Uh, for sure, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so, True uh, bard. The, the more famous tank... Batmobile was in The Dark Knight Returns, where he just, I don't know, just has this huge-ass tank that he uses to go up against the mutant gang leader. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's likely and those it's very two, big. at least, were the inspiration for this one very that's big. kind of more in-between. Um, when they, they said it, they wanted it to be like a mix of like a Formula One and a tank or something like that, like a rate, like a... Nolan said something about how he wanted it to be like essentially like a, mm-hmm. a mix of a tank and a Lamborghini or something like that. Something like that. To it, preserve it, the it kind of feels like Because it. it's not quite a tank, but it's not obviously not quite a car mm-hmm. either, as you can see in this. Uh, so when it comes to comparisons with the comics in terms of the ability to leap short distances, that actually is in uh, the Batmobile of 1950, which is from 1950, but uh, Detective Comics number 156, that is uh, a Batmobile that shows they can leap distances across a bridge, which is exactly what they say this was originally made for mm-hmm. and right. Enterprises. Uh, so for me personally, um, like Andrew, I yeah. prefer the more traditional Batmobiles. I like something with a more bat-like mat- motif on it. Also, I realized that it might not fit the so-called you know realistic universe that we're in. However, because of all the talk about I must become a symbol and have a bat stuff, yeah. it would fit even more. The fact that this Batmobile crashes through so many things and so many buildings that I just I just yearn for a Batmobile one day. Please give this to me, Matt Reeves. Uh, <laughs> that has the bat battering ram in the front. I realize people think it's comic booky, but I think it's fucking badass, and the <laughs> director should have that because Smash. you should show that you have an intimidating car that's fucking Batman coming mm-hmm. after you, and the first thing you see is that battering ram coming to crash in your fucking car. <laughs> Surprise, motherfucker. Surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> But that's my preference. But yeah, my it's difficult to compare this to yeah, to do a whole so movie. Many to, yeah, there's so many different versions yeah. of it. So I don't know if it's worth doing one if unless we want to do one versus the traditional Batmobile. But I think we already battering sort of ram it. versus tumbler. The battering ram versus the tumbler, I guess. Yeah, uh, I'm a tumbler guy. You're a tumbler guy with I this. I quite like the tumbler. Yeah. Do you? I think it's good. Andrew's Man. on you. You're the, I don't, you're the one. I'm the tiebreaker on this hug one. I want to hug it. Tiebreaker on this one. The thing is, it would be so easy if it was Burton versus the Tumbler. Uh, fuck. <laughs> I would pick the Tumbler. I like the original quite, but yeah, oh, I, this one actually jumps in real life. God, I might get well, yeah, this Tumbler for this one. It's a live action movie. The ben, I might, I might, make it. Oh, I might have to go against you on this one, Ben. But it's a tough call. Traders, you're all traders. It's a tough call for me. <laughs> this is the toughest one so far for me. Collectible traders. <laughs> Just kidding. Not those type of traders. Yeah, right, you're siding with Wolfie. Yeah, I don't know. I've never. Get I don't to know. Andrew. The, the bat, the, the the bat on the front, like the battering ram, yeah. like. I'm not necessarily I, I'm interested saying, in seeing that for a movie, but I've it, never yeah. been the like the biggest fan. Like to mm-hmm. me, it should be like as sleek as possible, and m- not really a battering ram. Just like get in and out quick. 
And True. maybe maybe you just need a bat cycle at that point, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've always felt that in his first year, Batman probably did something closer to what was in the original comic, where he had a more covert car. Yeah, covert Just get shit. around, and then when he became more and more of a figure with these more outlandish yeah. villains that required him to actually show himself, that's when the Batmobile debuted. Do a humongous-ass smoke bomb, and then do an MP blast so they can't follow you, and get the fuck out of yeah. there. You know what I mean? That's how I invent Of course, you could also it. just have him do the Batcopter, and he just swoops down. Jetpack something. As the thing go, and he doesn't have to worry about taking this thing through rush hour traffic, because... If you it's think true. about it, none of these car chase scenes in movies make any sense if you've actually been in any sort of big city like Los Angeles. And it would to have drive. to do with the yeah. Batman planning thing where he knows exactly where there's no traffic. <laughs> side streets. Don't worry, yeah, I know a shortcut. I know the great side streets. Yeah. And the thing is, how does he drive and get to the Arkham Asylum with this thing without anybody noticing? <laughs> Don't worry about it, man. It's, it's in this realistic it's really world black. we're talking about. Does he just jump from here to Wayne Manor? Is there some it's sort of really secret tunnel thing that he got to? Like I'm just like. <laughs> Nobody saw this yeah. thing heading to Arkham Asylum. Something that is basically just the Wayne Enterprises prototype. Tank don't thing. worry your pretty little head about some that. Black paint. Realistically, he would have like a bat zeppelin or something. Something really yeah. quiet. Zeppelin. <laughs> but huge. Really yeah. quiet. Just humongous. A turtle just blimp, bro. Huge, yeah. Yeah. Zipline, I don't know. All right. Well, that one goes <laughs> to zipline. that one goes to the movie. Yeah. Traders. We had a <laughs> gag after Batman came back with Rachel in the in the cave where he goes to Alfred and has that conversation with Alfred, right? We were originally going to just see it from uh, the back of Bruce's head facing Alfred. Okay. Uh, and then when Bruce was about to go to his birthday party, Alfred's like, but sir, and he points to the mirror, and we see that the black makeup is still on oh, right. <laughs> Bruce's That's face. Funny. Okay. That would have been a little too much. It's a little. For, it seems to be me, out of yeah. place in the current. And cut. He's all dashing again. <laughs> So when Bruce that was returns, a really weird choice. yeah, when when Bruce goes to the party, then that's when we meet the real Raz Al Ghul, who's been Ducard the whole time. Raz Al Ghul, Raz Al Ghul. Uh, but yes, this is actually very similar to uh, both Ducard and uh, Ducard, Raz Ducard, Ducard, Ducard. We got Ducard of Hazard. We no, it's very similar to Ducard coming to visit uh, Bruce in Blind Justice, as well as the fact that Raz first showed up in general, within Bruce's domain inside the Batcave in his very first appearance. In his man cave. Yeah, pretty much. Don't touch my drums! Yes. Uh, and of course, <laughs> Roz has already deduced that Batman and Bruce are one and the same, as he always has done, because in the very first appearance... And then they kiss! Exactly. So, uh, <laughs> when we get back from the break, we will go into a deeper dive of movie Roz versus comic book Roz. Hey everybody, it's Andrew. I just wanted to tell you about our friend Israel's retro gaming shop, RetroCo. If you go to retro-ko.com, you'll be able to see all of his retro gaming goodies. If you wanted to get that Sega Saturn hidden gem from back in the day, or if you wanted to get the Famicom disc system that you never got as a kid, or any other type of retro game that you were into, or uh, import game, please go to RetroCo.com. That's Retro-KO.com. And if you use the Superhouse code Johnson's Ballsack, you'll be able to get a little bit of a discount at checkout. So please, once again, if you could just go to RetroCo.com, you can also go to Facebook.com slash RetroCo with no hyphen. That's R-E-T-R-O-K-O. You'll be able to find him on Facebook as well. If you were looking for that PlayStation import game that you never got, if you were looking for that Mega Drive game that you never got, 
or any other kind of retro game, any import game, it could even be European. Israel also curates bundles at RetroCo, and he'll curate that bundle just for you. So please go check him out. If you put in the code Johnson's Ballsack at checkout, you'll receive a Superhouse discount. All right, we are back, and as I promised, we are going to cover Raw's All Ghoul, the movie version versus the comic book version. So we've got a lot of different things here, but this is our this is our last huge character deep dive. So stay. Sit, sit oh, tight. Yeah. So we got the costume. First off, the costume of Roswell Ghoul in the comics. He usually has these green ceremonial robes on him. Very distinct. Sometimes he's got that Dracula-type collar mm-hmm. pulled up. Some uh, mean chops. Yes. Uh, we'll get into the actual appearance a little bit later. Race-wise. But in the movie, of course, he's mostly seen in business suits, or sometimes he's in the uh, the League of Assassins uniform, and then at the end, he's kind of back into like this black suit or whatever. Um, sort of not quite how he looks like in mm-hmm. the comics, but a more Nolanized, realistic version. They of give it. him a nice little goatee. Yeah, and, but it's not a quite a goatee that is as it's not like the Raw's goatee, which is basically just the point, the hair points oh, right, right here. Yeah, right? Right, yeah, he actually yeah. has more like I've lost realistic my goatee. Yeah. So the idea of Raw's having a decoy actually comes from the first appearance of Raw's all cool. Okay. When Batman shows up to rescue, quote unquote, rescue Robin and Talia. Uh, he meets sort of the head of the Brotherhood of the Demon. Remember, that was the name of his organization. Yeah, it couldn't and be League of Assassins. Yeah, no. Yeah. And uh, it's this man in a mask, and Batman uh, takes the mask off, and it's Ubu. Okay. So Ubu has kind of filled in, Ubu being uh, Roswell Ghoul's bodyguard. Ubu for those means, not in the mode. gotcha. So but Ubu is not, <laughs> a, uh, not in the movies and hasn't really been in any version of the Roswell Ghoul adaptation. Poor guy. But he is the bodyguard of Roswell Ghoul, typically this bald guy with a lot of skill. And at one point in the comics, Bane took on the role of Ubu. Really? Uh, which is why in the movie they decided to kind of mix mm. that in and make him tied into the League Skillful of Shadows. Skillful retconning. <clears throat> yes. So, <laughs> Ubu isn't really in the movie, but you could say Ken Watanabe is a version of Ubu because of the whole decoy thing and the mm-hmm. fact he's also bald. Ken Watanabe's character also kind of looks like, as I said in, the, in part one, like the sensei and mm-hmm. uh, Master Karigi, who's the guy who fought, uh, he's a who, who trained Batman. Yeah. An amalgamation of yeah. these archetypes. Of yeah. the bat. Yeah. So, the sensei is the head of the League of Assassins sometimes or is in competition with Ra's al Ghul being the head of the League of Assassins. It's certain versions he's related to Ra's. So, according to Neil Adams, the sensei is Ra's al Ghul's son. Okay. And Do as I will. according to Grant Morrison, <laughs> Grant Morrison's version is even wilder, considering the fact that uh, the sensei is usually, uh, like, looks like he's Japanese, and Ra's looks like he's Arabic. But in Grant Morrison's version, the sensei is Ra's al Ghul's father. Hmm. It's getting complicated. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, but let's go into race, then. And so the mother people... is unknown. Yes. No, uh, let's go into race. Now, this is going to be a bit of a hot topic because the fact that we have a character named Raz Al Ghul, and he's played by the very white and very Irish Liam Neeson <laughs> in this movie. Neeson's. And recently coming out as racist? As wanting to, to beat up uh, black really? people oh, or, uh, yeah. because right. his friend was raped. Was, not wait. Uh, his raped. friend was raped. That's right. Um, I read that. Huh. Anyway, we're going to get into the fact Tell your that, idols. Uh, <laughs> originally... And this was brought up before. Uh, the idea was for Ross to not be tied into any race at all. 
So Neil Adams yeah, described okay. him as a figure of indeterminate ethnic origin, a citizen of many cultures. He said, Ambiguous. quote, I created a face not tied to mm-hmm. any race at all. It had to have evidence of a great many things having happened, a face that showed the man had an awareness of his own difference uh, at an early age. Uh, Roz's face had to convey the feeling that he lived an extraordinary life long before his features were ever committed to paper. So uh, given that description, I'd say that Liam Neeson, if you had to cast a white dude at the time in 2005, was a was a good fit. However, yeah, he was he was good. I thought co-creator Denny O'Neill finally revealed the origin of Ra's al Ghul, revealing that uh, he became Ra's when he was a doctor in ancient Egypt. So uh. <laughs> that then kind of solidified that yes, he is Egyptian or okay, Arabic yeah. at some point. I always okay. that's what I always thought Ra's, yeah. you know, like that's in the true. beginning. Yes, uh, but I thought it was just some name he chose for himself, like. Right. Yeah. You know well, I mean? he was a he was a physician. I mean, I can get the thing is I was planning to save the origin of Roz for the Dark Knight Rises because they go into their own version of the origin. Okay. But to, long story short, he was a physician in Egypt and discovered the Lazarus Pit. Yeah. Um, right. Type of thing. So obviously they didn't go with that in the like Nolan an movies. Egyptologist as well, like a guy that just knows all that kind of shit. Uh no. Ancient Egypt. He w- he lived in ancient Egypt. Oh, he yeah. wasn't got Egyptologist. Oh, he was gotcha. helping the fucking pharaoh. And I got gotcha. Like he and was the last because he lasted that long. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 yeah so yeah, yeah. that was what's going on. So Liam Neeson was cast, uh, but he was not the first choice. Apparently, okay. the first guy that they went to for this was Guy Pierce from Memento. Yeah. Where's he been, by the way? He was fantastic as Scrooge in the latest Christmas Carol. Oh, right. That oh, was my. Shit. That was yeah. my. He is awesome. He that has was my favorite. Up in yeah. A few things. After yeah. Action. Yeah. Uh, he. Uh, the time machine, right? Yeah, but that's like Back the worst. In the day. <laughs> yeah. He was in the hurt. I remember liking that when I first saw it. He was, yeah, <laughs> he was his. He was a big. He was a big. He was a main part of like the. He was the, the big bang marketing. The yeah, yeah, he was, yeah. <laughs> the big bang in the, face in the marketing. For, I remember his face was like prominent, and then he like it's like surprise he dies, and then you go with who is it? Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Renner. Yeah, who at the he, time he was, was a villain in Iron Man or something. Oh, Iron Man three. Yeah, he was. Three? He was yeah. essentially yeah. the Mandarin. Oh, that's right. So he. Yeah, that's that's what I'm getting to. Pierce was offered. Uh, he said, quote, I did talk to him, him as in Chris Nolan, about one of the characters sort of vaguely, but I think those rumors that uh, I'd be involved had started before that anyway. It was the Liam Car- Neeson character, but I was too young, considering the mm-hmm. fact that uh, he was maybe, you know, Neeson is old enough to be Christian Bale's dad, as opposed to yeah. Pierce is probably closer to being like Christian Bale's brother. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Pierce would later go on to play Aldrich Killian in uh, Iron Man 3, who seemed to be working for the Mandarin, but it turned out that the real man, that the Mandarin we thought who was played by Ben Kinsley, was a decoy, and the real Mandarin was Audrey Killian. <laughs> so, so Guy Pierce got to play that role anyway. Yeah, anyway, yeah. yeah, that's true. That's weird. So Suave-ier. with Guy Pierce not working out because he was too young, Nolan asked his second choice to play the role, and that was Gary Oldman. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nolan Chris asked, Cooper. No, Nolan would have been kind of cool. <laughs> Nolan asked actually. Gary Oldman before he cast him as Gordon because yeah. he originally had that in mind. Yeah, that uh, would have been good. But yeah, it would have been pretty cool. Yeah, it was sort of, I think, he realized that what's more interesting, Gary Oldman playing a villain again after The Professional and The Fifth oh, Element yeah. and yeah. probably a bunch of other stuff I've forgotten. Yeah. Uh, or him playing Commissioner Gordon. So he got to be Gordon and uh, Liam Neeson got to be Russell Cool, which I Neeson? think is probably a good casting considering like Oldman's a great villain, but he's not, I wouldn't consider him at all to be a physical threat. Like yeah, Neeson, yeah, you right. can see him being the guy who trained Batman. You can see yeah, him being yeah. the, big his dude. ass. He's a badass. As opposed to Oldman, maybe during the professional time, the Fifth Element time, he could have pulled it off. But back in the Begins time, I'm just right. like, I can't really see you 
holding mm-hmm. and just taking, fighting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So right. Uh, I think they went the right <laughs> choice there. Next is the Take look. Take Bruce. Yeah, the next is the look of Razor Ghoul. So the comic book version has very different. He has these graying temples, he has black hair, and the biggest thing, he has no eyebrows. The Roswell Glow in the comic. If you take a look at him, he has Sometimes no eyebrows. Sometimes it do be that way. Draw it ever. They, Neil Adams, co-creator, said, I want to take <laughs> the fingers of the artists who uh, draw eyebrows on Roswell Glow. I want to take their fingers and break them when they come to the eyebrows. Jeez. No eyebrows. Really? <laughs> yes. Because he's just going to be like this. <laughs> he's, <laughs> <a little laughs> <finger. laughs> he's supposed to look more demonic, apparently. <laughs> what do you mean, I look angry? I feel it. Uh, Roz's MO is slightly different in the comics. He's out for genocide. To to basically kill yeah. everybody so that he could remake the world yeah. in his own image. This one was slightly different. It was like he, the League of Shadows exists to create checks and balances, and if any city gets too big or civilization gets too big, he like destroys it. It so got it into this kind yeah. of uh, conspiracy theory territory with this plot line. Yeah. Because it's like, we were the ones who sacked Rome. We were the one, you know, like shit like that. Boarded like, ships of plague rats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the they've, they've controlled yeah. civilization and the course. They're the Illuminati, yeah. Yeah, they're kind of like, yeah, Illuminati yeah. is what I'm trying to get at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is, was that in the comics ever? Or was that a Nolan Not Goyer thing? really. That was more of a Nolan Goyer thing, especially the tidbit about uh, we started the depression that created Joe Chills in the first place where they were all poor and desperate. Right, right. So, right. like, I guess that was another way to tie Roz into Batman's origin further. Mm-hmm. Frankly, I didn't think it was you really jerk. that necessary for them to do that because it's, right. it's like one scene and they never really cover that again. Yeah. Right. Uh, but that's what they chose to do. Uh, other Roz stuff. There's no Lazarus Pit or immortality in the entire trilogy. In 2005, I always thought there was a possibility, like, maybe it'll veer more into complicated territory and yeah. they'll dump Liam Neeson in a Lazarus Pit in, like, Batman 4 I or something and they'll come back and... But they didn't do you that. Did not get your wish, Ben. <laughs> no, and for whatever reason, they it's the movie. There was a misconception that Ken Watanabe was the real Ra's al Ghul, and it was a title that got passed down to Liam Neeson. If you if you read the movie differently, and for whatever the live action versions decided, hey, let's incorporate some version of that. So Arrow, okay. the Arrow version of Ra's al Ghul is a title that's being passed down from one guy to the next. And yeah, then I Gotham, see that. Gotham's mm-hmm. a similar thing where it was like. The, the Ra's al Ghul we know was given his immortality or the Lazarus Pit by his quote-unquote predecessor. What is it, Head of the Demon? What is it means it? the Head of the Demon. But yeah, so the, that's, that sounds like a title name, not a na- Yeah, well, that's name. what the, all the live-action versions say, but in the comics, yeah. that is his, that, like, he's that's the guy, he's the name. originator. And, okay. you know, I'm just like, why did you have to make it more complicated? Like, make him the actual guy, because... I feel like it's more threatening if it is the guy, the originator, the guy who's been pulling the strings for years type of yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, there's a great line that the sensei says, but it's applicable to Roz, where he's fighting Batman. He's like, oh, you trained for decades? I've had centuries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, right. You don't it's stand like, a well, chance. Well, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Maybe I'll dress up as a fucking businessman and get to work. Ra's al Ghul's nickname of Batman is usually Detective. Okay. As noted in the animated series and the comics That's countless cool, times. Yeah. Uh, not in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be fair, there wasn't really a lot of uh, exploration detecting. into being. There's not a lot of detecting in the movie in general <laughs> yeah. for him to call him that. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, there's a lot of sword fighting between him and Ducard slash Roz, and that leads into a lot of the duels that they had in the past. 
Uh, what's cool is that the novelization, which is what I have here by Denny O'Neill, has a lot more fleshed out stuff on Ra's al Ghul. Okay. Has stuff supposedly from his journal where he's like, this, you know, this young pupil of mine is promising. Perhaps I will introduce him to Talia and things oh, that are shit. very much more tied oh, into it. shit. We know what happens every yeah. day, boy. <laughs> yeah, and then there's another <laughs> chapter where Bruce, that's not from the, that's not based on any part in the script where Bruce, um, goes to a library and My steals word. stuff. My word. Yeah, he, he steals a manuscript to find out more about Roswell Ghoul, like who, okay. who did I learn stuff from. And then at the end there's like a there's like an epilogue where Bruce Wayne takes the uh, the uniform that he used to have for the League of Shadows and it's okay. got the blood of Ducard on it because he saved him. Okay. Or the blood of Roswell Ghoul and he goes to uh, the family plot where Thomas Wayne's uh, grave is and he digs a hole next to that. Okay. And hmm. he puts the uniform in there and it's like this is to honor you know, almost like my second father. Okay. Um, the man that Thanks I teach me I to walk on ice quite even though, yeah, yeah even <laughs> though like we fought and I let you die, but <laughs> like you were like a second fops. From Every <laughs> time I mind my Move footing, it's yeah. because of him. <laughs> yes. So, uh, that's a lot on the comic book Roz and we have the movie Roz. So I got to throw this out there. Given all these differences, who do you prefer more? Well, it's 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 a little different because the like, fact we've had a lot of yeah. issues. It's Ross always not fair because yes. because the comics have so much time. But I, I mean, yeah, comics. If we're comparing, yeah, yep, yeah. I mean, yeah, I prefer the fantastical version, the more traditional version. Yeah. Um. Although in the in the movies, you know, they did a, they did a nice little finesse of, mm-hmm. of of getting the character, making him pivotal. Yeah. Making him. Uh, mean something to bruce and yeah um absolutely and you know it was a good way to to set up the training and everything and mm-hmm. how he becomes batman so for these films obviously it works really well and they did a good job of doing that but um you know the lazarus pit that was like a, such of the animated yeah. series was like you know there's a lot of like interesting spooky you just anytime you hear the name rachel ghoul you just you're just immediately drawn to those mm-hmm. like really captivating images of like that the ancient Egypt mysticism kind of bleeding into this modern day Gotham, yeah. which you don't get a whole lot of. I did think in Dark Knight Rises that the pit that they crawl out of was some way could be metaphorical. It's like a metaphorical kind of version of the pit. Interpreted yeah. as that, which was kind of cool. It's not quite what I had in mind right. in 2005 it's very subdued. when I was <laughs> like, well, you know, we let him die on the train, but maybe he could come back in Lazarus Pit. Yeah. Then we'd meet Talia and we'd be in like the yeah. Middle East and we can do more exploration on this yeah. stuff. And uh, we can see the Lazarus Pit and get confirmation yeah. about the immortality. And uh, maybe his Ubu could be Bane, and that's how you bring Bane into this. So they kind of did that in Rises, but not quite the way that I mm. uh, had wanted. So. He was Poison Ivy's <laughs> Ubu in Batman uh, <laughs> Robin. Yes, very much. <laughs> I wish I had me an Ubu. <laughs> so Roswell Ghoul's plan, obviously there's a lot of uh, influences on the burning of Wayne Manor, but most likely it was a combination of uh, Batman Bride of the Demon, Roz and League of Shadows, or League of Assassins attack uh, Batman. In there, in the Batcave, as well as the burning down of Wayne Manor, where Alfred just kind of blows it up at the end of the Dark Knight Returns. Uh, let's see. Uh, Roz was behind a mass breakout at Arkham, though, in an issue called Resurrection Night. That was Batman number 400. Uh, here it was to spread chaos, but in the comics, it was to prove to Batman that you need my help. You need a League of Assassins in order right. to be rid of this evil. Oh, hi. We have a visitor of a cat. Oh, hi. <laughs> okay, so this is Honey, our new cat, oh, and he oh, is. Really? I thought you were s- peanut. No. Oh. We have two orange cats. Um, Honey all right. Bunny. <laughs> we planned that. Bye. I feel like, feel like <laughs> Kevin Smith always going Shaggy, Shaggy, <laughs> <laughs> in his in his podcast. Oh, that was weird. They're like clones. Yeah, yeah. I know, right? 
Uh, so Ra's yeah. Al plan is to unleash a poison gas upon people, and that's very similar to Batman Annual Number Eight, The Messiah of the Crimson Sun, where Ra's plan to use a light beam uh, to uh, trigger a specific poison in the water supply. If it sounds okay. any familiar. Mm-hmm. And the poison was harmless on his own, but if you drank it, then by the time the beam hit you, you would disintegrate. Cool. Okay. So that would be his way to wipe out all of humanity. Um, here's another thing. The fear toxin appearance. The very first time a fear toxin showed up in the Batman comics was not with Scarecrow. It was with Professor Hugo Strange. It was uh, Detective Comics number 46 within maybe the first couple years of... Uh, Batman's debut was this fear toxin plan where, lo and behold, they use this fear dust to try to uh, spread it into the water supply and at this train station and Batman and Robin try to stop them and you see the words like fear, 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 fear with people who are affected by uh, this dust throughout it. Uh, This predates the Scarecrow's uh, appearance and this is also, remember when I brought up that there was that character called the Green Death in the shadow uh, who made you, he had a fear ray that made you see your worst fears? Yeah. He came after Hugo Strange and Batman. So technically, okay. this fear, this idea of this thing that makes you experience your worst fears comes with Batman before the shadow. That's the mm. first. So wow. uh, the first time a fear toxin was shown is, was not until so the 1960s. The shadow was still going on after Batman came out. Yeah. It was okay. 1941, I think, when the Green Death showed up, and that was a few months before Scarecrow. Okay. But Hugo Strange had already done the fear toxin, the fear dust thing in 1940. So we okay. beat both of them. But these days, we just associate it with Scarecrow. So poor Doctor Strange. Uh, <laughs> same, uh, yeah, so Scarecrow didn't get until the 1960s, and it was kind of a mysterious mist that made Batman and Robin feel afraid of heights. And that was actually 26 years after Scarecrow first showed up. So he actually didn't okay. have fear toxin at all hmm. for close to 30 years. He just hung okay. it out in fields and mugged yep. people. Yeah. <laughs> Walked by him. So let's see, other Scarecrow Give imagery, yeah. <laughs> There's some other Scarecrow imagery from the uh, Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale stuff with, like, Scarecrow on the horseback or seeing, like, the flames are up from the mask. That's all from uh, the comics. Also, in the original script, the Gord- uh, Gordon didn't originally drive the Batmobile. Okay. It was, like, remote-controlled type of thing. Mm-hmm. Or he didn't really need... He actually, in the original script, he didn't even need the, the Batmobile to, to, to take on anything. Or maybe he did. It was a remote control. I forgot. But he, Gordon definitely wasn't in the Batmobile. That was a new thing that they added into it. Uh, but the idea of the train... Uh, fight is kind of similar to the fight between Bane and the John Paul Valley Batman in the Nightfall story. Okay. Very uh, similar beats, but in the original script, it was actually supposed to be on the top of the train, which would have been a little wilder, I think, a little less realistic mm-hmm. for right, them to right, stay right. on there. <laughs> and apparently you're supposed to hear Roz scream when the train went down. <laughs> I don't know I'll if I needed that. Yes. Or maybe I won't be. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then we get into, I won't kill you, but I don't have to save you. Mm-hmm. This is kind of a d- yeah. debate so here. So you're going to kill me. <laughs> yeah. Now, in the comic, the closest thing we got was the Messiah of the Crimson Sun, which is that, that story where there was a fear toxin in the water supply. Oh, not fear toxin. Yeah. Uh, there was a poison in the water supply that we're trying to ignite. And in that one, Batman steers Ra's al Ghul's like, escape pod into the rays of the sun. Okay. <laughs> and he disintegrates. And Robin's <laughs> like, Batman, you killed him. And Batman's like, did I, Robin? Did I? <laughs> and then the audience at the time was like, "You did! You did kill him!" <laughs> now Ra's al Ghul does show up again in, in the Resurrection Night story, but that's okay. kind of the closest thing where Batman had a hand in Ra's al Ghul's <laughs> He's demise. Whoops! Like, I guess on a separate note, uh, would you say that the whole "I won't kill you, but I don't have to save you" 
is breaking the no kill rule. Mm. Yeah. Debatable. Yeah, I think he could have saved him. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it would it, it was stuck in Raisha's craw, you know. Yeah, for a long time, but you know, I don't know. I think that could have actually been handled differently. This whole thing is also based on some sort of popular, like, um, God, like a thought experiment in philosophy, like mm-hmm. the train. There's, it's two trains, and do you save, uh, do you save one person versus? three or four mm, or some right. shit like that. I'm not doing it justice, but right. it's some popular thought experiment that's supposed to make you think about morals. And they mm-hmm. do this again in dark night with the, with the two yeah. boats. Mm-hmm. So there is this preference from Goyer and Nolan, it seems like to add these like philosoph- popular philosophical things, mm-hmm. especially Moral. in their third act. Yeah. And I always, uh, appreciated that i know i'm going way around your question <laughs> but i really wanted to just talk about some shit that i knew <laughs> but uh what was the question again whether anyway, or not yeah, that was whether or not that, that was broke the no kill rule yeah um I mean, basically, yes, but I think that... <laughs> he makes a deliberate choice not to in this, save. In this version of Batman, I think that he allows the person to die, basically. It, it is kind of killing indirectly, yes. Yeah. So you have a Batman that has chosen mm-hmm. to do this. But it's it's the, it's it's a guy that's engineered, uh, apparently, like, Illumina- Illuminati-level yeah. fucking right. catastrophes. Yeah. So yeah. you kind of let it slide in the context of yeah. this Right, story, but think. also, at the end of the Dark Knight, he's this guy who's been terrorizing and killing so many people, and he still saves Joker. You know, yeah. so it's just like, when... That's when true. is it... How big is a big threat where you're just like, okay, this has to be done because mm-hmm. you got yeah. two very different... It's just whether or not Batman had yeah. his coffee that night yeah. or it's not. It's chalked up <laughs> to them turn, yeah. writing it as they go. Like, if they had yeah. written all three movies out mm-hmm. completely, mm-hmm. and then we'd have something more cohesive. Yeah. So we wouldn't have that mistake you just talked about. Right. Well, you know I, I, I mean? think the best compromise, in my opinion, is what if Batman, he throws the thing, the, the train car detaches... And he's like, come with me to Ross. And he tries to grab him and save him. And Ross tries to stab at him. He's just like, mm-hmm. no, I will it's either you old... go down with me. Right. Either we're both martyrs or I'm the martyr. Right, and right, so right. Batman has to has to leave. Right. And then Ross decides to stay on the train. Yeah. Right, 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 right. It's kind of the old shredder and splinter scene <laughs> yeah. at the end of 89 <laughs> yeah. where he throws the knife. You know, he kind of he, his own, his own mm-hmm. evil is what really takes him down. That's, yes. That was done really well. I, I, I tend to, I tend to prefer that kind yeah. of thing. Like, they just can't help themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I still love Batman Begins. But. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, that's not necessarily a comics versus movie thing, but... You don't like it. You, you I wish you would save him. I, I... My preferred version is what I just told you guys. I, it's not that I don't like it. It's just... Uh, it's just it rolls me the wrong way, but not nearly as bad as some of the other stuff that... We not, have not as bad past. as Swear to Me. Not as, well, not Swear to Me, but I mean, it's, <laughs> it's not as bad as other instances of Batman killing that we have seen in previous movies and then okay. that we will see after this. Okay. Uh, finally, in the fi- in the the final scene is the rooftop scene of Gordon Batman, which feels very satisfying considering we've never really seen that up in this point. We saw the GCPD right. rooftop in Batman Forever, but we never saw Gordon talk to Batman mm-hmm. there. Okay. Uh, and in this version, in the original script, this was a very important line they cut. They said the task force against Batman was disbanded after he saved the city. Okay. Which explains 
that and also is kind of a little suspect considering the fact that uh, he endangered all those cops lives on the freeway right. yeah. and they're right, just right, like right. yeah let's just let you have a signal the tumble, that, a tumbler scene yeah yeah it's yeah. like let's let you have a signal on the rooftop to, to right. get that guy you know that guy that sent us all the hospitals yeah let's let's have him help us out right 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 uh and then the coda of hey take this guy has a uh, taste of the theatrical like you and shows him the joker card yeah that's uh, the idea of that is similar to year one where at the end of year one gordon says hey i gotta talk to batman right. about this guy who calls himself the joker right. so very similar dun, dun, dun. so we are at the end of batman begins we've gone into oh, a lot this, of the, the other thing that i really love about that we're not at the end of batman begins yeah <laughs> is that and when he hands him the card he's like we we wear bulletproof vests they 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 use uh armor piercing armor bullets yeah so i love that, that thought of uh kind of one-upping each other like yeah. batman takes it to this level of theatricality yeah and then we got this fucking Joker motherfucker that is really, I don't know. I thought that I honestly, yeah. I hadn't read a whole lot of the comics at that point. Mm-hmm. So to see that explanation in the, in the movie, mm. this kind of arms race of theatricality, I, I loved it. I thought it was yeah. great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There is a, there's kind of a opposite approach that I don't like both is the, the begins idea is the idea that Batman starts out to take down street crime, but then that, that sort of inadvertently creates these supervillains to go yeah. up against them. And then the new 52 and stuff like Gotham, more modern takes are uh, Gotham's always been bad and right. it's getting worse and worse criminals and it creates such a chaotic right. city that it needs a Batman. All right, well, we are done with Batman Begins. So, Wolfie, let's Ooh. counter up. What is our score? I counted it off Wolf. camera to be sure. Yes. Uh, <laughs> what do we got? On it's, here? it's actually pretty close. It's a tally of, of uh, 10 to 9. The movie representation takes the cake by movie one wins point. By one. We love Batman. It was so close. That's that's <laughs> weird. You think the comics one. would win every time? Yeah. I thought it was going to be quite. I thought it was going to be a blowout on the movie side, just because no. we've actually had quite a many years of some pretty good Batman shit. Yeah, right. But you never Especially know. with the Nolan stuff. Yeah. yeah. But right now, all right. So movie takes the cake on this one. We will be doing the same type of thing with the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises, and at the end, we will do our own average tally with all three movies to see who ultimately wins Nolan or the comics right, right now oh, Nolan wow. takes this one but we'll see what happens with the other two round two yep. and three coming up so that is it for Batman Begins stuff you guys have anything else to add I think I'm good you I'm good that is pretty a lot of Batman Begins yes dissection thank you. that was nice thank yes. you Ben for your tutelage yes thank you. You're, You're bat tutelage. <laughs> yes, uh, this is so bat tutelage. Please the follow us on uh, Twitter as well as Instagram, where we are Superhouse Pod, uh, and I am Ben Juan Ryder on Instagram. I'm Thunderwolf Drew on Instagram and Twitter, and uh, check out our Facebook as well if you're on that. If you're old like us, and um, uh, I think that's it. What else we got? Superhousepod.com, and we also mm-hmm. have Superhouse Podcast at Gmail. Please email us there. Mm-hmm. Let us know what you want to what we want to talk about and then also uh more importantly probably is the shasta army yes patreon.com slash superhouse podcast uh please join the shasta please join the shasta army for just a dollar a month and uh cookie noms matt herring and shasta of course alicia as well thank you thank you and i think that is gonna do it for me yeah me as well cool Oh, Wolfie, peace out. All right, signing off. Till next time.